and the winner, the European Skeptic. You're listening to the ESP, the European Skeptics Podcast, an independent weekly show in support of European-level actions within the skeptical movement. The ESP is run by individuals representing different skeptical groups from across the continent. This is episode number 95. I'm your host, Andres Pinter, and joining me for the show are my co-hosts, Jelena Levin and Pontus Beckmann. Sziasztok! Всем привет! Hey, son! Hey, son! Oh, my voice is almost gone, but it's been a long weekend. Uh, it's been yeah. a long weekend. A lot of shouting. A lot of shouting. A very exciting weekend for all of us because we won the Welcome Awards. <laughs> and yes, we did. <laughs> wow, that was a shock to yeah. all of us. My last words totally before the awards got announced were, we're not going to win. No. And then... No. So we, you were we wrong won. again. <laughs> <laughs> and I can qualify for your really wrong segment. Yes, absolutely. Yes, uh, talking of which, um, I'm afraid today we're not going to do a, a usual segmented episode. And the, the only reason for that is that we have absolutely not had enough time to prepare. No, no. So if it wasn't obvious, this is the last day of QED. Now everybody's yeah. <laughs> going home. We're sitting in a room expecting to be kicked out any moment because they need to clean up and stuff. So we're just doing this last minute but we've had a fantastic time. It's it was the best QED yet. Um they kind of doing, you know, more and more every year and better and better so, you know, it's been absolutely amazing. Yeah, and uh it, it was even some kind of a sobbing experience uh for for some reason because uh, uh I, there were several moments during this weekend when I actually was in tears. There were and, some and there was very emotional absolutely. Uh, topics on the agenda. Yeah. Bastards. Bastards. Um, hmm? Yeah, and th- it, it was another fantastic uh, piece of work from uh, by, by the organizing committee. Piece of, yeah. I it's, don't know how they do it. Yeah, fantastic. So smoothly. Everything works exactly as planned, at least... I'm sure so they it seems, know. So it seems to us. Yes. And that's what matters, I guess. Yeah. Um, and uh, for those of our listeners who haven't yet fin- uh, uh, attended QED, there's definitely going to be a next year's QED. It's been confirmed. So book your tickets early and <laughs> come next year. Wow. Definitely, because, for, for example, I couldn't make it to the gala dinner because I was too late in booking my ticket. And if so you remember, they were sold out... 10 months in advance or something like yeah, that. Yeah, so, pff, yeah. no. Book early. No I mean, you can't book yet. They haven't decided on a date, etc. But I, I don't think they can get away without it. I mean, they have to do <laughs> it. <laughs> no, I think the consensus in the room was at the end of the conference that everybody wanted uh, another one next yeah. year. Yeah. Um, and I think the amount of amazing speakers they bring on, um, the range of talks they put, uh, the workshops, I don't think there's a conference out there that can compare to them. Yeah. I I totally agree and uh, it was a fantastic experience. So, uh to make up for the the lack of segments, the usual segments uh on this episode, um we have recorded a couple of interviews here right on the spot at QED and this is what we're going to feature on uh, the, the this episode. So, shall we crack on with that? Yes. Indeed. Let's listen to those. All right. Yeah. <laughs> 
So we are at QED in Manchester in the United Kingdom. This is the seventh QED it has been organized. And it's a massive event. And here with me is uh, Rudiger Ludwig from Germany. And uh, this is your second time here? It's, it's my second time, yes, at QED in Manchester. It's such a great event, meeting new people here, meeting yeah. old people here. Uh, old acquaintances here. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, the the feeling that that we've been meeting meeting up here um, many many times probably comes from the fact that we just met not too long ago in your hometown, which is Göttingen, and you were the host uh, and uh, one of the organizers of the event that uh, that we had with uh, Susan Gerbic, Mark Edward, and Lubomir Baburov, and uh, we really enjoyed that. And you were the one inviting us to your place as well. What's going on in Göttingen? Why did you decide to to go for it and and invite us when we were on tour? Well, I um, actually had a couple of reasons. Um, one uh, was a f very self selfish one, uh, probably is that the uh, only true one. Um, I wanted to have you uh, in, in Göttingen, wanted to, to, to speak with you, to, to be with you, uh, and uh, yeah, to spend time with you. I achieved that, and that was uh, uh, <laughs> very great. I'm very much into um, trying to, to um, create a, a network of, of skeptics uh, across Europe or, and beyond, even though we We were, it was just a small event. I think we achieved quite a lot uh, in uh, exchanging ideas, uh, uh, speaking about uh, what to do, uh, how to do it, and um, yeah, that's mainly the reason why we did it. Yeah. And you heard about the idea on the European Skeptics podcast, is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Uh, I, I heard about it, and uh, well, I, I, I hear your podcast usually when I'm on the bike uh, to work, and uh, the first thing I did at work was uh, contacting you uh, um, when I heard it. You <laughs> have to come to Göttingen, you have to do it. Uh, uh, Rotslav, where you started, is, is fairly close to, to Göttingen, and I thought, uh, well, that's why I contacted you, and I was really happy that you said, oh, of course we will come. Yeah, and we, we were very happy about your uh, invitation. Actually, it was you were surprisingly fast. The show got out, and a couple of hours later, we, we had already had an invitation. You mentioned several activities in Göttingen, so I believe you are a member of group. I am. I'm personally a, a member of uh, a GVOP, uh, but we don't have a GVOP group in, in Göttingen. Sadly, we don't. Probably we have after this event. I'm, I'm thinking about it. <laughs> um, I'm uh, a member of a group that, that might be interesting for you because you like to, to, to pronounce uh, uh, foreign uh, uh, names. I'm a member of the Evolutionäre Humanisten Göttingen. Can you pronounce it? Love that. <laughs> Ev uh, Evolutionäre Humanisten Göttingen. Very good, very good, very good. That's the uh, uh, Giordano Bruno Stiftung. Uh, that's the uh, um, it's a it's a German humanist organization, mm -hmm. and uh, we have the um, regional group in, in Göttingen. And the, the other one who was a co-organizer was the March for Science Göttingen. I'm I'm also active there. We are one of the uh, groups that's still active uh, even after the march. Uh, we thought that. Uh, Humanism and skepticism and science is, is so, uh, the um, focal point of, what, of uh, why we did that event, and that's why we did. And uh, do you, are you in contact with uh, with other local groups of different? Uh, Giordano Bruno uh, is a foundation. It's a it's foundation, right? So Giordano Bruno Foundation has a lot of local chapters mm -hmm. uh, across Germany, isn't isn't it true? Yeah, that's correct. There are quite a lot of chapters, and uh, uh, I said we are uh, the, the Göttingen one. There's also one in Kassel, which is very close mm -hmm. by, and. Um, 
I think all of us, uh, Germany, there are um, different chapters. And um, you said that you came here to, uh, to QED last year for the first time. Where did you hear about that and, and how? what brought you here? Actually, I, I heard about QED first on your podcast last year. I was so excited last night when, when you won the award. It's the best thing. Guys, the, the, the amount of love and appreciation coming from you, there were a couple of you uh, just, just rushing, rushing towards us and uh, to congratulate us. It was so heartwarming that I cannot tell you how grateful we are for that yeah. you, you well deserve it it's, uh, you have a great podcast I got most of my information from your podcast and that's not just because you're standing next to me and I, I need to make you feel good it's, it's just um, yeah I, I love to listen to it so um, and I, I actually can say I wouldn't be here if I wouldn't listen to your podcast I'm really happy to hear that so are you coming to QED again next year oh um, I definitely plan to um, no I will come. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I will come. It's 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 uh, it's a very great event. It's um, it's fun. Um, you you meet many uh, interesting people here, and the talks are on a wide range from interesting to uh, entertaining yeah. uh, and um, that's just great and um, I just wish they, they wouldn't have uh, so many parallel tracks because uh, three or four times I had to split my, myself up in two or three t uh, parts exactly. <laughs> to see what I would actually would like to see and uh, have you got a personal favorite so far during this weekend oh that's very very uh, uh, hard to say um Actually, no. Yeah. Uh, no, I can't can't say which which was my favorite. Um, the uh, last talk. Uh, sorry, I'm I'm not very good with with names. The last talk uh, yesterday evening um, about the uh, um, catastrophe uh, at the football match. Yes, that was very moving, and uh, uh, I think there's there's a lot of a lot to take away from 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 that one. But there's so many uh, uh, great talks, and I actually uh, like. Um, Not only the talks, but uh, the times in between, where, where, you, where you meet with people, uh, uh, speak, speak with them, what do you do uh, at home, what, where, where you're from, uh, and so it's, it's just great. Yeah, yeah, I do agree with uh, what you said about um, Phil Scraton's um, talk about the Hillsborough disaster. I, I don't know about you, but I... I did not know anything about the Hillsborough disaster. I'm not a football fan. I'm not. I do not follow football at all. So that was completely new to me. And at, at the beginning, I, I felt like, okay, what, what is it all about? And what, what does it have to do with the skeptical conference? And then about two, ten minutes in, it started to unfold, and it started to make sense that this is an actual conspiracy. Uh, we are here at a skeptic conference uh, with conspiracy theories being being bashed all the time, and there it was—a real conspiracy uh, unveiled by 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 this total hero. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's, that's what what made it intriguing. I mean, um, I'm couple of years older than you so uh, <laughs> I, I, uh, um, I, I was aware of the uh, catastrophe when it happened in uh, okay. 89 I think it was 1989 but I never heard of it again I only learned about uh, it, it now again after so almost 30 years yeah Yeah, that, um, very interesting. And I think it's, it's very interesting uh, 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 how we should handle a conspiracy theories. They might still be true. Yeah. Um, and uh, that, that, that makes our job, in a way, harder. Um, if every conspiracy uh, theory would be bullshit, that would be easy. <laughs> But there seem to be 
actual conspiracies. Our job is to, to separate the uh, real ones from the fake ones. And find that, that little element of truth in it. I was, I was asking myself, what would I have done uh, 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 15 years ago when he had told me the same story? Perhaps I would have told him he is a conspiracy theorist yeah. and he is nuts. Yeah. Okay, so um, are you going to uh, Dankfest, which is happening in November in uh, Zurich? Oh, I would love to. Uh, I would love to go there, but uh, sadly I can't. Uh, I, I don't have time time to go there. Mm. Um, I was in uh, Rotslav at the European Skeptics Congress, yeah. and I'm here, and uh, it's just so much, so so many events you could go to, you should go to, perhaps. Uh, <laughs> I would encourage everybody who, who can go to Dengfest uh, uh, to actually go there, meet people, uh, uh, talk to strangers, and uh, uh, just have a good time. Yeah. And, well. Any, anyway, I'm I'm really looking forward to to meeting you anywhere, uh, somewhere in uh, in Europe at, at some event or uh, just for fun. So Rudiger Ludwig, thank you very much for your time. Thank you very much as well. So at QED, you meet a lot of interesting people, and one of the guys I tend to run into every year is James Williams. Could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, hey Pontus. Um, so my name is James Williams. I am a science and skepticism advocate. Um, and I give talks on normally really controversial topics. So topics that I try to apply skepticism in science to, often taboos, that kind of thing. Yeah, let's get back to that. Uh, I know you gave one of those talks this year, mm -hmm. as you did last year, at the Skeptic Camp, which is, is the unofficial third day, or rather first day, yeah. of QED, the, the Friday before the actual conference begins. There's this skeptic camp thing can you explain to the listeners what what a skeptic camp thing is yeah sure so skeptic camp is this fringe event of the qed convention uh, essentially where anyone can apply to give a talk and then throughout the day we have a series of talks on around science and skepticism given by members of the public um, and organized by some people in the, in the qed movement yeah yeah I, i think there were 20 talks this year yeah so it was quite a full program most definitely uh, lots of really great talks and uh, often the quality is really high and it, I, for me it feel, feels like the real start of qed yeah it really does it really does very interesting very varied topics mm -hmm. and speaking of topics Uh, you tend to choose uh, rather controversial topics. Uh, <laughs> could you tell us what you talked about this year and also last year? Sure. So this year I turned my attention to necrophilia. Um, it's one of those topics that is really evocative and that people have a lot of very strong emotions about. And I really wanted to dig down into what the science is and what the evidence says about, these to about the, uh, the behavior and what we can learn from it. Yeah, a really fascinating talk. I mean, I, would, I wouldn't even think... That it was a thing in mm -hmm. real life, but it is. It is, yeah. I think um, if just to give a, qu a few quick interesting facts, one of the things I found out that I was quite interested in was that it happens in nature, and although not common, um, it is uh, a, a naturalistic phenomena. You do see it in lots of creatures, including animals you might see every day, like cats and dogs, rats, squirrels, um, but also things you might not expect, like otters and whales, that kind of thing. Uh, oh well, yeah, it's, well, yeah, it's really <laughs> hard to think of a whale in the act of necrophilia. I tried to avoid it, but now that you mention it, I can't get it out of my head. Thank you very much, <laughs> You're James. You're welcome, Pontus. <laughs> <laughs> but you also actually talked a little bit about why this happens. I mean, you mm -hmm. would think that, you know, we tend to think that evolution is something that promotes things that are good and, sure. and uh, you know, promotes uh, the survival of the species, etc. Yeah. So, so why would you think uh, necrophilia is actually a thing? 
So I think if we were to start with animals, there's lots of different ideas. There's a kind of overzealousness, a kind of um, often a lack of negative signals, a lack of resistance is important. There's a case of quick cliff swallows who will often try and mate with dead cliff swallows because their, their yellow rump sticks up in the air and it seems to be all the stimulus the birds need. Um, sometimes it's things like sexual pheromones or a kind of pathological monogamy. If a creature is very monogamous and then one partner dies, yeah. you sometimes see um, necrophilic behavior in that way hmm. but it's not just animals no not just animals at all and sort of the more interesting part is, is the human element um, and I think it's important to I found out doing my research that it is a spectrum of behaviours sometimes people just have benign fantasies where they will fantasize with a, with a partner all the way through to people who actively kill to do it wow. um, but there's everything in between um, and I think coming up with a, what a single cause is is really hard um, there's a really good paper by someone called Rosnett and Resnick in 1989 and they uh, took it it's one of the biggest surveys ever of necrophiles and they had a list of motives that they were reported and the main motive was a desire to resist uh, possess an unrestricting and unrejecting partner hmm. so the idea of having something that they cannot resist at all and have complete ownership over something wow. um, which is which is quite something when you think about it and the second most common was the desire to be reunited with a romantic partner yeah. which is also quite tragic and sad when you think about it as well it is it is really wow so you really have a knack for these um uh, these unusual topics. Last year, you talked about cannibalism. I did cannibalism, that, and, and that is really one of my um, my pet topics. Uh, I, d- uh, my I, thought, I thought you were going to say your favorite hobby. <laughs> Not quite. How um, much research do you do? <laughs> <laughs> it was extensive, Pontus. Uh, but that was actually my the, the, the topic of my dissertation when I originally did my undergrad was the the, the cannibalistic ha- habits of the Aztecs, um, which is like really fascinating. And since then, I've just developed a more broad interest in it in general. Um, and that again is exists on a spectrum and there's an awful lot of reasons why creatures may do it including humans um, but yeah I, I, I think I like observing the extremes of human behaviour and maybe learn something about ourselves in the process yeah so um I don't know if I dare to ask, but what are you going to talk about next year? <laughs> so next year, so I, I feel like, I, in my head, it kind of follows on from the last two. Um, but a sneak peek is I'm going to be talking about bestiality next year. Oh, wow. <laughs> you really know how to pick them, don't you? Okay. Well, no um, shortage of controversial topics, so I'm yeah, looking forward right. to keep going. Yeah, so you he- heard it here first, people. If you want to hear about bestiality, you need to go to QED next year, which is... Not even announced yet, but uh, we assume that yeah, there will assume. be one. Yeah. If you're interested in what I do, you can um, find me. I'm James Williams on Facebook. And also my email address is uh, james at taofuin.com. And that's T-A-L-F-U-I-N. Um, if you're interested in what I do. Yeah, all right. We'll put that in the show notes. Okay. Thank you very much, James. Lovely to meet you again. And I'm really looking forward to, with some, you know, hesitation, <laughs> to next year's topic. So am I. Uh, lovely chatting with you. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Montes. QED is officially over, and uh, we are standing in a corner of the main room where, where, where people are just cleaning up the room. We're standing here with uh, Natalie Newell, who's the producer of a um, documentary that was featured twice during this conference that's called Science Mums. Hi, Natalie. Hi. I am glad to be standing in the corner with you after <laughs> a really amazing weekend. It seems to be the thing we do now after the conference. We just you know corner people and, and ask them questions. Yeah, that's, that's because we were too busy having 
having fun and 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 having conversations was, during the, uh, the weekend uh, and not recording anything. You were too busy winning awards too. So congr- <laughs> yeah, <he's lost. laughs> congratulations! Uh, but yeah, QED I think is probably the most amazing skeptic conference around. Um, is this your first time here? It's my second time here, and I was so excited to have my movie shown for the first time in public at QED because this the environment here is like no other with skeptics and the vibe and it's yeah. fantastic so. as, as you called it your world premiere of your movie and uh, yeah and did you get a good feedback from whoever saw the, the movie here yeah it seemed like it was a good crowd response when it showed yesterday morning at 10 o'clock the room was full and it mm-hmm. felt really good just to have I mean some of my friends were here that have supported me through the whole yeah. process and the feedback sounded really good and people already said is there going to be a sequel no. so wow. I, I think I, I think I have more work to do well, <laughs> and I just want to say for those listeners who don't attend QED if the room is full on a Saturday morning it means it's an amazing uh, talk or a documentary or whatever because Saturday mornings are normally rough <laughs> so tell us something about the movie what is it all about and and uh, what made you make it so the movie is sort of a response to all of the fear-mongering in the parenting world around things like food and vaccines and other health issues we see so much pseudoscience and misinformation around parenting issues directed towards parents and I wanted to do something that provided a counter narrative to it evidence-based parenting rational parenting and um, I was inspired by a group of women who wrote a blog post Post directed towards anti-GMO celebrities, and they called themselves Moms for GMOs. I was inspired by them, and the rest is kind of Science Moms history. I made a movie. Um, and what, what is your background? Um, what, what, what do you do like in day-to-day life? Well, day-to-day life right now, it is a lot of being a mom, being a podcaster, doing the film um, and everything that goes along with it. My background also is in education. I did my graduate studies in Montessori education. I was a teacher and a school principal. And now I'm just kind of entering more of the skeptical activist world and just trying to make a go of it. Do you want to plug your podcast quickly? What's your oh, podcast? so I so my podcast is the Science Enthusiast Podcast. I will also just plug one more that I'm pro, I'm a production assistant on Opening Arguments with Thomas Smith and Andrew Torres, which we're listening to. Oh, I'm listening to. Sorry, they're amazing. So listen to that and mine, please. <laughs> So do you make uh, other films and have you made other films as well or is just this is your way of uh, self-expression and so what triggered it? The, well the trigger was that blog post that I just that I talked about the Moms for GMOs post I thought that because there wasn't in existence already a film like that there are mm-hmm. so many anti-GMO films films like Vaxxed that are, that are anti-science anti-medicine I just thought with you know why not try to do it I did a Kickstarter to raise money So I was able to hire directors of photography and other, you know, actual film professionals because this was the first movie that I okay. that I worked on like this. But I had, you know, an amazing editor that edited the film and and did the technical things, and I was able to direct, produce, and kind of get the word out on social media and do that whole part of it. So what, what my question would have been a follow-up to was uh, your being a mum. So by being a mum, have you been around uh, too many uh, the, of those people who are propagating or just believing in, in, in all those nonsense? 
Yes. <laughs> and, and I definitely experienced that also when I was teaching and when I was a school principal, is parents would come to me with questions that were just based so much in all these myths around things. And so I've, I've been there. I have been a parent who another parent says, hey, you should take your crying child to a chiropractor, or you should think about whether or not you want to vaccinate. So I've been there. And so I want to present something different to those fears and those myths. And so you have. Um, but uh, you did, did say that uh, people people were asking for a sequel as well. So <laughs> any plans to do that? I, I think I'm going to see how this goes. And I would love to pursue more science moms, science dads, you know. Mm. Right? Because, you know, because the dads count too. And, and, and absolutely. I, absolutely. And, and I think really just the general message of what we're all doing, really promoting critical thinking, promoting rational thought. And for me, it's really trying to tap into that market of parents who maybe are looking for different answers mm. than what they're being given. Mm. So, of course. And I think all this fear that you mentioned, you know, before that the parents believe in all this nonsense comes from this fear and being uneducated on certain issues. And, you know, movies like yours will help pe- parents to actually understand yeah. what is really going on out there. So, so um, for those uh, unfortunate people who have not been able to come here to, for, to see it in, at QED, where and how can people get a, get a hold of your, your movie? So the film's website is sciencemomsdoc.com. I will have it, the film up for download. Um, the goal is November 1st. I'm also showing it at the end of this month in, at PsychCon in Las Vegas. Mm, and yes. I'm, I'm also trying to get it to different skeptic groups, other organizations. So on my website, too, I have all my contact information. If people want to arrange screenings of the film with me and all of that just to get it out to as many people as possible. It's probably too premature to, to come up with something like that, but um, if it's well-received generally, uh, I, I would consider uh, launching a campaign of uh, having it subtitled and the tr- subtitles translated In into different, different languages, languages. Yes. Yeah. and we can, we, we can possibly help with that. We have the, we have the expertise with the... Um, vaccination chronicles yeah, and yeah. so we, we can totally help you with that that has been something that has been on my mind this weekend especially hearing um the european skeptics uh skeptic camp talk and all of that because it's a universal message it if is. we can just work on the language part that'd be fantastic so maybe we can sure. talk and continue the conversation on that we'll definitely do that and thank you thanks very much for your time it's been uh, lovely having you around and uh, and i wish you the best of luck with the with the movie and all the success that that can be achieved thank you so much and we'll see you next year at qed yeah thanks natalie yeah. if not earlier yeah if not thank earlier bye bye <laughs> QED has just been officially over. So, like, uh, we, it's 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 officially over for for 2017, and we are here with one of the the members of the organizing committee, Jeff Whelan, who's also um, uh, representing um, Greater Manchester Skeptics yep. here. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry. Um, yeah, so, um, Jeff, you've been um, on the organising committee since the beginning, is that correct? Not quite. First QED, I was a, uh, a visitor, um, and then I joined in the second year, so I'm like someone who joins a successful band after they become <laughs> successful. So, so this is my sixth QED as an organiser. 
Oh, but it's yeah. it's fantastic, and but it, it must be exhausting uh, work for all of you. Um, you you guys have been running around like crazy, and it, it's it's from um, an attendee's point of view, yeah. it's it's been an, an absolute success without any glitch. Oh, absolutely, yes. And I would yeah. see you now and again, um, just standing by the doors, yeah. or uh, yesterday, you know, for the gala dinner, you'd, you'd be dressed really smartly, but oh, you'd still be running much. around yeah. everywhere, you know, making sure that everything under control. Yeah. And I have to agree with Andres, it was a, yet another amazing conference. Um, what's the, like, the biggest and the, the lesson you learned over the six years that you've been doing the QED? Oh, God. As a team. The biggest lesson? Um... I think be open to, to new ideas. I, I think when we started, we were particularly science-focused. Mm. And uh, I, I think we've branched out to a few more areas. For example, I, I hope you heard uh, Professor Phillips Grayton yesterday talking about the Hillsborough oh, yeah. Inquiry. Absolutely. Now that, now that, amazing. But, I, oh, amazing. There were people at the back of the room who were in tears. We had I to, was crying. We, we had to form little support groups where everybody was giving each other hugs because it was such a moving, um, a, a, a inspirational talk. Um, but it's not something that you would ordinarily expect to see at a, a science-y or a sceptically type conference, but it, it did have a sceptic angle because he was exposing a real conspiracy, a real cover-up by government and the establishment, and that's the kind of thing that, uh, you know, I, I think we should touch on a little bit more. So we've learned to sort of broaden the horizons a little. Um, and for example, I think a few years ago, I don't know if you hear when we had Nate Phelps. Yeah. Yes. Uh, another similar story, um, but again, not something that you would ordinarily see in a science-y um, sort of setting. So uh, I think if you give yourself a slightly bigger canvas, um, then, then you can do a bit more. Plus, we've, when we started QED, I think it was, we, we had two things going on at once. We had uh, a main stage, we had uh, a workshop, not workshop room, sorry, I am knackered, <laughs> absolutely yeah, knackered. No, it's <laughs> no, sorry. Um, uh, and we had the, uh, the breakout room where we had all the panel sessions, so that was two, and we're now down to something like four or five tracks. Five tracks, Five guys. tracks, I'm yeah. Like, what are you doing to us? It's yeah. too much choice. <laughs> yeah. But no, it's, it's good, it's great to have this variety, and uh, there was always something on that I probably, at any given point, I wanted to be into sometimes three places at once, yeah. so it's great success. Well, that's... That, that's uh, type of criticism that we are more than happy to get. <laughs> um, we, we've had it on Twitter about people saying, what are you doing to us? You know, how, how can I... I can't be in two places at once, but we have a TARDIS. So, you know, you can be in two places at once. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Alright, <laughs> sorry. It, it, it's a police box. It's, as Mike Hall will say, it's not a TARDIS. Yep, yep, yep. yep. We've, been, we've been told about that for, for years, because yeah. it's, it's, it's been all, uh, here for, for a couple of years. I mean, um, almost... I'm, I'm thinking probably every QED I've been to. No, oh, I think you've got false memory syndrome there. We, <laughs> Could we, be. Yeah, we've always had a Dalek, but I think the TARDIS had its first appearance last year. Oh, last that's, year. Cool, that's okay. what I'm thinking yeah. of. Yeah, yeah. yes, yes, yeah. I agree, yeah. Okay, totally wrong. Um, <laughs> totally false memory syndrome. Um, but t please tell, tell us about um, the role of uh, Greater Manchester Skeptics in running this event. And mm. uh, because uh, you, it, it's always been uh, a joint yeah. uh, kind of effort with uh, yeah. with uh, the 
Merseyside skeptics, right? Yeah. So what is your uh, role? And what is your personal role in Greater Manchester skeptics? Uh, I'm the chair of Greater Manchester skeptics. I, I've been running uh, Greater Manchester for, well, not the whole of Greater Manchester, just <laughs> the skeptics, uh, for about five years now. Um, I've been on the QED board, I think, for about six. Uh, there are six of us on the board. I'm, I'm sure you all yeah. know who they are. We've got yeah. Mike Hall, we've got Michael Marshall, uh, we've got Nicola Throp, we've got Andy Wilson, and we've got Rick Owen. Uh, myself and Rick are the Manchester side, and all the others, they're the Merseyside mm-hmm. side. <laughs> Is that an um, officially registered organisation, Greater Manchester Skeptics? Uh, Greater Manchester Skeptics is, it, it, well, it's a voluntary organisation, mm-hmm. but QED is an official organisation. We, we, in effect, run it as a non-profit business. Yeah, OK. And what does um, Greater Manchester Skeptics uh, do as an organisation uh, when, when not uh, QED? Um, well, we uh, run... A number of skeptics in the pub events, um, the, the usual setup, I suppose, where we have social events and we have a speaker every month. Um, we have our events in a nice little pub in Salford that's got its own theatre, mm-hmm. so uh, it's a great atmosphere there. It's got some good beer, um, so you know it does what it says on the tin. It's a skeptics in the pub. It's in a pub, uh, but we do occasionally do uh, branch out a little. We're, we're liaising with the Manchester Science Festival in a couple of weeks, and we've actually hired. Uh, a courtroom in Manchester and we're, we're having a couple of talks in fact the first talk that you saw at QED uh, the Phantom of Heilbron mm-hmm. uh, Emma McClure will be giving that talk in a Crown Court hopefully in front of a real Crown Court judge but open to the public Amazing. Uh, and we've got uh, another expert who's going to give a talk on the history of forensics and then we're going to have a mock trial Nice. Oh, wow, yes. that's incredible. So, so everybody who can be there from our listeners, please, you know, attend. That was and, all that <laughs> But also, that is yeah. your turf, right? Oh, yeah, that is my turf. I, I'm, uh, <laughs> as I introduced myself, I think, on the panel the other day, it's uh, I, I'm one of the organisers of QED. Uh, I run Greater Manchester Skeptics. I write a uh, legal column for the Skeptic magazine. And in my spare time, I'm a practising criminal barrister. <laughs> mm. Mm. Nice combination of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, what I want to just comment quickly on is uh, it's great to see the skeptics working together with the uh, scientists and, yeah. and um, the, uh, the legal side and professions and, yeah. and making progress there because I think we need to integrate better uh, to make progress. Yeah. yeah. Well, we've managed to sneak in a bit of legal content into mm. uh, into the uh, the lineup. But so. that's how things are done, I think. Yeah. You need to change the laws. Yeah, the well, absolutely. Yeah. But I think you can be sceptical about all areas. It's not just, well, let's have a look at bit physics, which is fantastic, by the way. Yes. Tim O'Brien's taught there. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Um, and all, all the other science stuff. But, you know, we've thrown in journalism. We've thrown in investigations. Uh, we, we, we've uh, thrown in legal stuff. It's... It, it's a much bigger area than you might think. And it was very, very intriguing to, mm. to, to hear about... Uh, it was shocking, actually, mm. to, to learn all, that, all those problems with the mm. forensic science mm. being applied in legal cases. Yeah. And uh, I have to say that the timing was perfect as well, mm. uh, because, uh, coincidentally, the, the latest episode of um, uh, Last Week Tonight with John Oliver yeah. featured that very topic and nice. and, and it, it was amazing to see it um, to get a new perspective on, yep. on, on that again so I'm, I'm talking about uh, Emma McClure's yep, to- sure. uh, talk yep. um, the, the opening talk of the, of the conference actually so do you um, have to deal with that on your everyday work then? Uh, uh, well I, I deal with forensic evidence all the time Um, I I find myself prosecuting cases more, Uh, I I do defend as well Um, occasionally there are issues with forensic evidence but I I can 
honestly say in the 21 years that I've been doing my job working in the law, uh, I have not come across anything which I can say hand on heart has been a miscarriage of justice because some scientist has made a massive error. Um, that's just me. Mm-hmm. Clearly there are other people yeah, yeah. in my position who have dealt with cases where there have been massive miscarriages of justice. Fortunately, I haven't come across one and I don't want to either because I like <laughs> to be able to sleep at night. Yeah. Well, talking about your, your yeah. sleeping... Uh, <laughs> It's going to be a well-deserved sleep if you get to bed uh, tonight. I'm, I'm, and I, I really hope that you'll have the chance to do that. Uh, well, I, I absolutely will fall asleep at some stage, <laughs> possibly within the next five minutes. <laughs> okay, thank you very much for your time. Sorry. And uh, I'm, I understand you, m- you might be quite busy in the next couple of uh, yeah, we've, minutes, we've, hours. Yeah, we've got a bit of tidying up to do. Um, yeah. There's, uh, there's a lot of things to put away, so uh, uh, as, as much as I can dodge it for a few minutes chatting to you guys, I'll, I'll have people sort of saying, come yeah. on, let's yeah, get yeah. things done. No. Well, no, we appreciate yeah. it, and uh, right. here's for another great event next year. Fantastic, we're glad yeah. you enjoyed it. And yeah, and, and we cannot thank you mm. enough for, for this fantastic you know, event, and uh, obviously you and the whole organising committee. Thank you very much, Jeff Thank Whelan. you very much. See you next year. All oh, the best. Absolutely, thank you, <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> Now, you know, the, the good thing about uh, um, editing and listening to, to the show again um, after having run all these interviews is that we, we kind of re- relive uh, the moments that we had here yes. at QED, yes. which is good. Uh, yeah. yeah. And... Yeah, yeah. F- from from now on, uh, we, we're going to try to to try uh, find our way back to the normal uh, sequence Structure, of yeah. <laughs> of, mm. of episodes, uh, which might be disturbed again by an event that uh, you guys are going to be. Yes. So me and Pontus are going to Sofia uh, in November, first weekend in November, and we're going to be attending a panel. Um, it's like a, a day long conference in Sofia, yes. organized by uh, Bulgarian skeptics um, that uh, led by Lyubomir Baburov and we were kindly invited to attend the panel on uh, uh, vaccination situation in Europe so we'll be talking about that there'll be a couple of experts and uh, me and Pontus and a moderator um, it's apparently going to be quite a large event between six and eight hundred people I was told I'm not sure and they have a few big speakers on Chris French is coming and I'm not sure of the other speakers. I, I didn't know their names. We will we, we'll link to the to the event on the show notes, of course. It's on the 5th of November in Sofia. So uh, catch us there if you can. Absolutely. And there is another thing uh, which is happening on the very same weekend uh, in Zurich, which is Denkfest. Denkfest, and, yes, of uh, course. And we even managed to to get Dave Anik, who is uh, the the MC of QD here, um, announced that on stage, which is which is pretty good. And um, there, there will be a couple of people uh, among the speakers who were here. Uh, one of the, one of them will uh, is uh, Brit Hermes. Really? She had and, b- oh my gosh! And they're going to be at, um, uh, on the stage together with Natalie Grams, which oh, is amazing. something That's that also I've, a fantastic I've been event. I've yeah. been picturing um, in my mind for for a while having the the two of them yeah. on the stage, uh, having a panel discussion, a panel discussion or something. Um, yeah, it's um, it's 
it's pretty good that it's yeah. actually happening. So, so for yeah. those of you listeners who can make it to Zurich that weekend, you must. Yeah, yeah. either, either it's going to be a go either event. to Sofia or to Zurich. Yes. Wow, the choices <laughs> people have nowadays. Absolutely, and there are more choices to find to be found on our events in Europe page. So this is just two of them. I mean, there are skeptics in the pub and the, and, and other things going on all the time. So go there and check it out. It's very very nice to see even if you can't go to all of them and you can't because a lot of them happen at the same time it's fantastic to see how much is going on yeah and if you don't find the the information sufficient uh because uh there is something that that is lacking something then missing please yeah. please get in touch and let us let know. us know so we get it on absolutely um and you can get in touch with us via usual channels so you can find us at twitter twitter handle is at espodcast underscore you or you can email us email address is info at the es EU, or uh, you can like, like us on Facebook. We also have our, our website, which is www.theesp.eu. Uh, you can leave us a message there. And if you get our podcast on iTunes, please don't forget to leave us a review. Indeed. So I believe uh, this is it for this week. And uh, I'd like to thank both of you for joining me. And it's it's been an amazing experience sitting in the same room again and recording the show yes, together. Yes. So, Yelena and Pontus, thank you very much. Thank you, guys. And I feel like singing, we are the champions. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, yeah, I, I did say um, on the ceremony that um, from now on, we're going to have to take it, take it more seriously. <laughs> and I, I meant We totally it. take it seriously, you guys. Don't listen to Pontus. <laughs> He doesn't know what he's talking about. All right, so we will. Uh, that means that we're back next week, and uh, I'd like to thank also our listeners uh, for uh, for uh, tuning in. And, and for your support, because yeah, if it wasn't for the listeners, we wouldn't have and won. And talking to us here on, at the conference. Yeah, it's great indeed. to see yeah. you guys in, in real life. Yeah, I, I really, I really um, felt so much love and appreciation d- during this weekend from our listeners and and from everyone. Yeah. It was uh, absolutely moving and uplifting. So thank you very much for all all of that. And uh, well, huh? until next week. All right. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Bye. This has been your ESP experience. The show is produced and recorded by the ESP.eu. Join us again next time, but until then, please send your feedback, comments or death threats to info at the ESP.eu. We would also love to hear your ideas and suggestions regarding future episodes, as well as news from your country of residence that might interest others across the continent. If you have a local event or organization to promote, please don't hesitate to let us know as we are more than happy to help. All music in the program was written and performed by Keisha J. Gray and George Schraub and is used with their permission. Please check out our webpage at www.theesp.eu, follow us on Twitter at espodcast underscore eu and like us on Facebook. I don't know how you can believe Do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do